The Boston Bruins' five-game win streak came to a halt in the final minute of Tuesday night's game against the Anaheim Ducks, and Jake DeBrusque has reiterated his trade request with less than three weeks to go before the NHL's trade deadline. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all audio platforms, as well as on YouTube in video form, so please do subscribe. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, watch, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. You can find the podcast on social media at LockedNHLBruins on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Uh, I am a lifelong Bruins fan. For those of you who are new to the show, following this team since the late 80s, been writing about them for various outlets for about 17 years. And uh, we are nearing episode number 600 here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, if you can believe it. Uh, The Bruins last night fell behind to the Anaheim Ducks in the first period. We're able to climb back, tie things up, only to give up the winning goal in the final minute of the game. We're going to get to that here in a moment. But first, uh, an update on Jake DeBrusque. There was some chatter or perhaps questioning as to whether his trade request remained active amidst a recent hot streak. DeBrusque entered Tuesday's game against the Ducks on a five-game scoring streak. Seven goals, two assists during that span, including a hat-trick in Monday's 7-0 win over the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Recently had been down in the lineup as low as the fourth line. Currently playing on the top line with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Jake DeBrusque's agent, Rick Vallette, confirmed two the Athletic and TSN's Pierre Lebrun that the trade request does indeed remain active. Uh, in fact, the Bruins have given Vallette permission to talk with other teams in search of uh, a trade partner and a contract extension. Vallette has let teams know that DeBrusque is willing to consider an extension. Uh, now, one of the Hiccups, stumbling blocks, what have you, in finding a trade partner for Jake DeBrusque is the fact that he's due a $4.41 million qualifying offer when his current 
two-year, $7.35 million contract expires at the end of the season. So it's clear that potential suitors are wary of picking up that offer. Uh, They might consider it to be a bit too expensive. And perhaps they can work out an extension um, so that, you know, they can come to an agreement on a long-term deal. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that are attractive about Jake DeBrusque's game. He's shown that off over the last week. Uh, It's important to remember that, you know, his current streak completely unsustainable. He's shooting over 30%, uh, averaging 12.2% for his career, 0.54 points per game for his career right now. Well, before last night's game, it was almost two points. Um, If they can negotiate an extension, perhaps they can get him locked in at uh, a lesser rate in order to um, get him out of there. You know, teams can, you don't have to sign the qualifying offer per se. You're not bound to that. Uh, Perhaps they could um, agree to a more reasonable contract extension, and that would make it more palatable for uh, an acquiring team. So that's the status with Jake DeBrusque. The trade request remains active and his agent has permission to speak to potential suitors in order to, uh, yeah, get him in a position where uh, he's comfortable and the acquiring team has some assurances of a more manageable contract. He has no, no move protection, so you can talk to all 31 teams. My suspicion is he wants to go to um, Alberta, a Western Canadian team perhaps, to be closer to home. Again, even if his agent does agree to um, something with another team, at the end of the day, the Bruins still have to work out a trade package with that team, and it has to be worth Boston's while. My sense is, you know, the reports all along have been that Sweeney uh, has been limited to kind of accepting or being offered players on other teams that are in a similar boat, underperforming, in and out of the lineup. Uh, guys like uh, Dylan Dubé in Calgary, perhaps. Max Comtois in Anaheim comes to mind. Uh, Dylan Strom was in that position earlier in the season. He's a bit up and down as well. Do the Bruins want to trade DeBrusque for a guy who is in a similar position, or do they want to package him along with the Stadnika of Vakaninen? in order to bring in a bigger package and more meaningful players onto the Boston Bruins right now, based on his current production, how he's playing on the top line, you can't afford to take him off 
and not replace him with someone who can step in and uh, and produce in this Bruins lineup at the moment. So that's the status there. Let's talk about the game last night. But before we do that, a quick word about bet online. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Uh, hockey as well, hopefully baseball at some point uh, this year. That's a bit up in the air. But betonline.net has you covered for all the odds, totals, player performance props, as well as other options like where the next coach is going to be fired. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And they have you covered with scores, podcasts, news, as well as all the odds, totals, and props. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, the Bruins last night uh, got off to a bit of a shaky start, uh, giving up a power play goal to Ricard Raquel. Uh, you know, 6.33 into the game, uh, Nick Felino scored his second goal of the season, encouragingly, uh, by getting to the front of the net deflecting a Brandon Carlo effort. But then the Bruins allowed a couple goals later in the first period to go down by a score of 3-1. to one. They did manage to erase that deficit. But the Anaheim Ducks scored with about 22 seconds left in the game to um, take both points from this one or... Yeah, to not push it to overtime, and the Bruins failed to pick up a point. Bruce Cassidy said, in reference to the fact that they were playing their second game in two nights, typically back-to-backs, the Bruins have been fine, but the first period is usually the period you've got to get through, and they didn't. (laughs) To be perfectly honest, with it being 1-1, looked like you're going to get through, but then... Uh, they had a couple breakdowns, didn't manage pucks properly, failed to clear the zone, a bad line change, and all of a sudden it's 3-1. Cassidy was encouraged by the way the Bruins did battle back after the rough first period. Um, they were able to refocus, respond, almost sent the game to overtime, uh, but uh, Trevor DeGrasse, was able to bury it in the final minute to secure the win for the Ducks. An encouraging aspect of this game was a strong effort from the fourth line. I mentioned Felino. He had a fight early on in this one. He added a goal and an assist for the Gordy Howe hat-trick. Uh, he almost scored another goal in the second period with a point-blank chance from the slot. Uh, Again, one of his better games in the black and gold. And, you know, they need him to uh, contribute in order to be successful. Um, He can't just, not that he's a passenger, but if he's only fighting, it's not really what they signed him up for. Uh, The fight did stem from the last time the Ducks and Bruins met. Uh, Gave him a little bit of juice, Bruce Cassidy said. Um... The one line in the first period, at least, that 
was rolling. And um, yeah, Felino's kind of a net front presence. Been there a lot. Finally got one to go his way. And hopefully he stays healthy and can boost uh, the bottom six. Um, Felino said the fight with Carrick, there's obviously a little history there as they both fought um, back when the Bruins met on January 24th. Uh, Felino said he feels like his game has been building. The role he's in right now is a little more defensive-minded, so he's trying to keep things simple. But it's always nice to contribute, and that's something that he feels he can still do. He's been in and out of the lineup. Finally seems to be finding a home in the bottom six, fourth line role, uh, which is, you know, not ideal for a guy who's making $3.8 million per season. But uh, maybe he's able to work himself back up in the lineup or just be able to make solid contributions uh, from the fourth line. Uh, for me, I'm giving him the Big Bear of the Night Award. He had the goal, the assist, uh, four shots to go with the Fighting Major. Uh, so, again, the Gordie Howe hat trick, getting some pucks on net in very limited time, only 10 minutes and 58 seconds of ice time. Obviously, he missed some shifts uh, because of the fight as well. The Bruins uh, on this road trip. That was their first loss in uh, four games. They had previously beat Seattle, San Jose, the Kings, and then uh, the Avalanche and Senators before heading out on the road. They have two games remaining on this road trip. uh, Tomorrow night in Vegas to take on uh, the Golden Knights. And then on Saturday in Columbus to... um, face the Blue Jackets. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to be talking with uh, Tony Cordasso of the Locked On Vegas Golden Knights podcast to get a read on uh, on that team, how they're rolling these days. Uh, but the Bruins have some winnable games on tap. The Golden Knights, certainly the toughest opponent uh, coming up, but after them, like I mentioned, the Blue Jackets, Kings, who they just rolled over, although Los Angeles probably have a bit of chip on their shoulders after that embarrassing loss. Then they play Chicago twice and Arizona over the next couple weeks. Uh, So some very winnable games for a Bruins team that does sit in the first wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. They had a chance to pick up some points uh, on or get within four points of the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, still six points back with um, more games played than Toronto, Florida, or Tampa Bay ahead of them. So they really have caught up in terms of games played after the uh, COVID pause earlier this season. And uh, so point percentage-wise, in the Eastern Conference, they do sit seventh, uh, three points back of the New York Rangers in the Eastern conference with, uh, with the Rangers having a game in hand on them. 
So that's the situation for the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, it's disappointing that they weren't able to pick up a point last night against the Ducks after mounting that comeback. Probably very disheartening to um, see that goal obviously go in with uh, 22 seconds remaining. Not Linus Allmark's best start. I would expect that Jeremy Swayman will be back in the net for the game against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And speaking of Jeremy Swayman, he was named the Rookie of the Month around the NHL after an extremely uh, impressive February where he posted a record of 5-1-1 with a 9.60 save percentage. Again, I've been talking this week about how he belongs in Calder Trophy conversation. I do think Mo Sider in Detroit probably has that award locked up, but uh, Jeremy Swayman certainly belongs in the conversation. Uh, and I expect, again, he'll be back in net. Um, you know, if they win one of these two games coming up, 4-2 on a Western road trip would be uh, would be pretty decent for the Bruins although you'd like them to come back with as many points as possible. One other note, happy 30th birthday to Charlie Coyle. Uh, Hope you enjoy your day as the Bruins travel from Anaheim to Vegas. No practice today, so I'm sure uh, he'll find a place to celebrate uh, in Las Vegas. I want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms and as well as YouTube. So please do subscribe on the audio and video portions of the podcast. Uh, I would recommend checking out the Locked On Now podcast, uh, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of the Ducks, the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun uh, reports their new general manager, Pat Verbeek, intends to sign Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, and Ricard Raquel to new contracts. But if he gets a sense that things won't happen, Easily, he could very well move them before the March 21st trade deadline. He said, at the end of the day, there's no guarantee I can get those free agents back. I'm going to attempt to sign them. If it doesn't happen, I can't just let them walk out the door for free. Uh, Hampus Lindholm and Ricard Raquel, I would be very pleased to see in black and gold. Lindholm currently making 5.2 two-ish million. He's a left-hand shot. I think he would look very good on a top pairing with uh, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Ricard Raquel scored last night. Um, Of those players, I think Lindholm is the one they would like to sign the most. Uh, Raquel, yeah, could look good on the, the right side for the Boston Bruins. Again, I think that's Definitely something the Bruins need to target is a right-hand scoring winger, especially if Jake DeBrusque is going to be moved. 
at this point with it clearly reiterated that DeBrusque wants out. Uh, I can't see them going into the playoffs uh, with him, especially considering um, he is so streaky and, yeah, relatively inconsistent. Uh, Max Comtois was scratched last night by the Ducks. Uh, he's a guy that I think could look good uh, for the Boston Bruins, and uh, but he's also a left-hand shot. We'll see. There is some trade history between those two teams, of course. Um, Jimmy Murphy of Boston Hockey now speculating that Rasmus Ristolainen could be moved, kind of uh, jumping off an Elliot Friedman report. He wonders if Ristolainen would be a good fit with the Bruins. Uh, I do think the Bruins could use some depth on the right side, uh, perhaps a better, more consistent option than a Connor Clifton, but Ristolainen is not that. If you look at his uh, just peripheral stats, his underlying stats, not uh, he's one of the poorest defensemen in the NHL. Let's just say that. Again, so much uh, speculation, questioning, rumors that will come up over the next couple weeks in advance of the NHL's trade deadline. Uh, the Colorado, oh, sorry, the Chicago Blackhawks have named a new general manager, Kyle Davidson. He's looking at more of a rebuild than a retool. Um, so, you know, where do Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves fit into those? Long-term plans, Dylan Strom, again, I'm pretty high on. I would like to see him uh, in black and gold. Uh, We'll see if there's any trades coming down the pipe for the Chicago Blackhawks, but they could be ripe for the picking. Uh, Not a huge fan of Kane, personally. Uh, Taves kind of washed so I don't know if uh, those two guys would be worth uh, pursuing. I mean, if Kane, there's some, uh, if there is some salary retention there, perhaps that would be more palatable. But just not a fan of of uh, of making that move. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much again for making this your first listen every day. Please do check out the Locked On uh, NHL Fantasy Podcast. They've got all the tips you need to win your league. And we'll be back tomorrow with all the latest on the black and gold, as well as a check-in with Locked On Golden Knights ahead of tomorrow night's game in Vegas. I hope you're all having a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.